welcome to this week's recording of that F1 podcast. I'm Jess. I'm Charlie. And I'm Chris. And this week in Monaco, Leclerc still hasn't finished an F1 race in his home GP. He actually didn't start due to a crash ending his qualifying, subsequently giving himself pole, but due to a gearbox damage from the crash, he didn't start. It's also worth mentioning that the podiums were... (laughs) What were they? It was Norris, Sainz and Verstappen. Norris, Sainz and Verstappen, yeah. Did you see Verstappen got that big... um... His trophy came in a Louis Vuitton suitcase as they well. They all do. I think they all. Some, okay. I want to say that I saw online that it's the most expensive trophy box in the world. I assume so. I didn't know if it was just for Verstappen. I I only saw Verstappen's one. I thought it was just for Verstappen, but in Lando's um, post-race interview, he said, "I'm looking forward to getting that box." And I was like, oh, okay. "Get one." That makes sense. I'd be honest, it would be quite harsh if the other trophies just came in like a cardboard one. To be fair, it was the most exciting part of the whole weekend. Well, not the whole weekend, the whole race on Sunday, to be fair. You yeah. know, I, I, it was... Monaco, you love the camaraderie of it all, but then the minute it gets to 70, 78 laps on the Sunday, it's a bit of a, a, bit of a drag. Yeah. And then when there are good bits, suddenly it cuts to a big picture of Lance Stroll's face. Which is the last person's face you want to see in moments like yeah. that? I just, you know, you've got Vettel's just come out of the pits after a perfect stop, and then all of a sudden it's just. And then they just replay some. They just replay. Um, they just replay Stroll going over. Um, yeah, it's over the same. T- it's it's that everyone it's else has done. Time, <laughs> but I just, you know. Re- Actually, coming on to my bit, Aston Martin were the team that I was looking at this weekend because they had an actually good race for once. They didn't. They thank you. Transitions my specialty. Uh, they didn't ruin anything like they have done the previous weeks. Albeit they did get lucky from the fact that Leclerc didn't actually start and Bottas's the the wheel gun managed to fuse them like one of the. I can't explain it. How. Like the wheel got fused onto the axle of the I'm car. Sure, yeah, so that the wheel nut got fused onto the axle. But the, the main problem, and if you look at the replays of it, the main problem is that when they put their gun in there, because it doesn't move easily, because they're so the, the guns are so powerful, it just shears off all the thread. So mm. it's basically just like a shiny kind of inside nut. It's, it hasn't got any thread to it anymore. And that meant that whatever they did, they couldn't get the wheel out. Now, I've got gossip on this. I don't know if you watched Ted's Notebook after. I did. I watched it last night. Yeah, love it. Got Ted. Yeah. Oh, I was trying to explain to my dad what it was because he doesn't normally watch it. And he was like, so it's just Ted Kravis being annoying. And I was like, yeah, yeah, it is actually just Maybe. ambushing people. <laughs> It was him outside the Williams garage asking for that guy. Is he here? Is he here? Oh, he was. And it was like he does, like, you know, when you go to like a school disco and someone's like, it's so and so's birthday today. Happy birthday. Yeah, yeah, it did did have large, it had large, what is it? It's a bowling bowling birthday parties as a child vibes with the the DJ in the little booth. And I absolutely, did you, that moment where Christian Horner was stopped to talk to Ted, which was his worst decision. And then Ted just got his little mic out of his pocket. Like, yeah, it was on a, te- it was on like a telescopic rod as well, wasn't it? So he was there like fiddling in his pocket for a little bit. Then all of a sudden just goes. Came out. Yeah. 
And then you've got the, the felt so the sorry for the officer. I was gonna say so but we we we've got to go speak to channel four. We've got we've got to speak to channel four. She goes and then Christian Horner just gives a really like weird cryptic answer to Ted's question and just sort of walks off into the night. But the funny bit was was that she stood in front of the camera and then they were like, We're actually live and you were like, Oh, right. Oh do do what you want. But no out of this. Oh, but the inside knowledge that we didn't talk about from Ted's notebook is that he said that McLaren have a hammer and chisel method to get that kind of thing off. But Mercedes apparently don't have that method. So that's interesting why McLaren have it and Mercedes don't. It's just a hammer. (laughs) I think Aston Martin genuinely had quite a good week for once. You know, Vettel, as I said, more by luck than judgment. I'd assume um, the the pit stops and the strategy themselves were put together really well. However, they did get the luck of Hamilton having a getting backed up by Gasly, and then you know you saw it so many times that people would get within a second. You saw it with Perez and Lando got within a second of him, was within that second for about twenty laps, and then just couldn't get past, so just backed off, saved the tires, you know, all that stuff. But I think that Harry Walker here. And say that it's one thing to catch up and another thing to overtake. Exactly, especially at Monaco when you can barely fit one car down parts of it and you've got to fit two. Um, It's, yeah, I think Lance Stroll starting on the hards was a genuinely good, good move from them. I think he made up some good places at the start. Um, You know, it it didn't work out for other drivers who were were on a similar strategy. I think Yuki Sonona was on something similar. Yeah. But it just backfired. Did he not go to like, 10, 10 laps before the yeah, end. Yeah, he went to like lap 60-something, 60 66, yeah. I think it was, and then just pulled in. But um, no, I think Vettel Vettel did get help from Bottas and Leclerc and Gasly, mainly backing up Hamilton. But I think on the whole, it was just a solid weekend from them. I think it would be interesting to see how they do at Baku now, because Baku's one of those tracks that you've got a lot of engine. Mercedes engines typically do better there than they do anywhere else. Um, but I think that they were definitely the standout, you know. Uh, Alpine continued to be a bit underwhelming. I'm questioning whether Alonso should have bothered. Um, apparently, they're in talks to get Ocon back after this year as well, though, which kind of could scupper Gasly's plans, because I heard rumours that, but... that they wanted a fully French team with drivers and the Alpine branding. Yeah. But, Looking at some of the F2 results, you've got genuine concern for Gasly's seat, really. He needs to move on. He needs an opening elsewhere because there's no doubt that Helmut Marko is going to want a younger model at some point. And with Liam Lawson, Yuri Vips, Jehan Deruvela coming up. In, I mean, um, Lawson won under dubious circumstances and had it taken away from him this weekend, but he's still putting a good shift. Same with Ferrari and Sauber. They've got another issue as well with the backing up. But I think, again, Ferrari had a decent running this yeah. weekend. I do think they just turned the cars all the way up. It was purely going for a Monaco win with Leclerc. Yeah. That's my, yeah. you know, they've been pretty anonymous. I was going the issue with Pierre Gasly going to Alpine is that obviously they have their own driver academy that's performing pretty well. Yeah, <laughs> there's just one big bottleneck. You've even, there's no in between as well. You've got teams like Ferrari, Red Bull, Alpine, who have all got two or three drivers in a junior junior team. Then or five you've or got, six. Yeah, then you've got Mercedes, who have got um, Vesti in F3, who's still a number of years off, and McLaren don't actually have 
anyone purely because I don't think they need anybody at the minute. No. I think they put their heart and soul into Lando Norris. They've got Lando and Danny both on three-year contracts now, I think. Yeah, well, oh well, I might as well do my paddock gossip now. That's what I was going for. Come nice on, segue that. here. There we go. Christ, so, master. <laughs> I've done a bit of digging about Lando Norris. Now, if anyone watched uh, Friday at Monaco, which why would you? There's nothing that happens. But um, they did an interview with Lando. I did did too. I know I'm sad. Um, They did an interview with Lando Norris, where he claimed that his contract is 10 years. Now, that could quite easily be a fib uh, or just a joke. And I think that it probably was. But could you imagine if Lando was on a 10-year contract? Crazy. Yeah. I, I think people were saying that three years is a long time. Three years but, is a long time. But to be fair, though, he'll only be 24 when he comes out of that three-year contract. Yeah. He, you think... know, that's that's younger than Science is at the moment. That's younger than Gasly is at the minute. You know, yeah. and by that time, I reckon Hamilton will definitely have gone. Bottas will have gone, you know. But the issue is, is that I think, personally, I think he should have gone for a two-year contract because I think after two years, I think you've got the likes of Danny Rick, who will be on the way out. Obviously, that doesn't matter too much to Lando, but in the scheme of driver movement, you'll have Bottas, who I think will be gone. I think you'll have Kimi gone. I think uh, Lewis will be on his way out. I think that possibly, I'm going to throw it out there and say Sebastian Vettel might be thinking about having a bit of a maybe retirement year and then leaving. So I think you really want to be at the end of your contract come 2023. Yeah. Yeah, but I don't. It's the regulation changes next year, isn't it? It's all going to be. You never know. Sauber might be the new god True. squad coming into it next year. True. You never know. Antonio Giovinazzi, world champion. Um. Uh. Yeah. 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 The, the joke was when we were watching Eurovision with my mates that Antonio Giovinazzi looked vaguely similar to the uh, lead singer in the Italian <laughs> entry. Um, so considering like, he won Eurovision on the Saturday night and came top, came tenth in the Grand Prix on the Sunday, oh, he did pretty. He had a pretty nice weekend. He did generally nice weekend. Yeah, probably had a, probably class that in his you know top twenty. Yeah. <laughs> but basically, Landon Norris' contract probably isn't ten years. Mm. But overall, I don't know about how you feel about this, but I think that McLaren are in a better position than Lando Norris is because I think Lando's an up-and-coming talent that most teams would want. I think McLaren, I don't know whether they're going to have a world championship car. You don't know that in a couple of years. Yeah. Well, they've but, got they've, they've done the upgrades to the wind tunnel, haven't they? They've got a new one coming. They're on a much better path than they were on five years ago even. Yeah. So yeah. I'd like to think that this is foresight from McLaren, that they've got a very experienced driver who's not having the best time at the minute, or let's be honest. Yeah. Um, but then you've got Lando, who's possibly exceeding what the car can do. Two mm. podiums this year already with a fourth, was it a fourth place and an eighth place or a ninth place? He, apart from last week, he's the only driver to come in the top five in every race, isn't yeah. he? Yeah, and he's, he's third in the standings. I was going to say, he's still third in the standings. I he's third that... in the standings, but unfortunately, he's still 50 points shy of the other two. You don't need to mention that. Nobody needs to know. Um, Lando's, done, Lando's doing what Lando does, and I think that it's a good piece of business from McLaren. He's comfortable there. He likes Zach. He likes Andreas. Um, the, the team is basically what McLaren... He is McLaren in a weird way. Yeah. Um, you know, they've gone from this almost like 
Death Star type, you know, back when it was Fernando and Lewis, it was like this very secretive yeah. organization type thing. So a bit more happy. How do I explain it? Not softer, but a little bit more with the times. Upbeat and just kind of um they're almost like the uh, you know, like the funny kid at school that always used to do really well in the exams, but never used to try, and that used to be very annoying, but yeah. at the same time they're always very endearing. Yeah, he got caught out a few years ago, and but now he's back again. Yeah. You know. um, but yeah, so who was the driver you were looking at this week? Oh, I picked a rubbish driver. No, not a rubbish driver. Not a oh, rubbish driver. Christ. Not a rubbish Rewind driver. Rewind that one. Um, not a rubbish driver. <laughs> it's a rubbish driver for this race, because I was convinced that George Russell was going to get his first points in F1. I Mr. was Mr. Saturday. But um, yeah, he was Mr. Saturday, as he is every Saturday, yeah. and didn't particularly. About the yeah, he didn't particularly perform during the race, and it's not a bad thing. It's nothing on him, but he started in fifteenth, and because of Leclerc's no show, he then technically was promoted up to fourteenth before he even started the race. And I thought actually, George Russell is generally quite good at starts. He has a good reaction time, and he very rarely goes down. He almost always goes forward and I thought all he needs to do is to pick up four places now let's say he picks up two of those at the start of the Grand Prix that's not too shabby and let's say two people crash out well there you go he's in the points so that was my logic uh, didn't go didn't turn out that way because the only person that was out was Bottas and a clerk before it even started so really good logic from just there it didn't work yeah. So all I've written is that George Russell started in 15th. He moved up to 14th due to Leclerc, due to Leclerc not starting. Um, he was overtaken by Alonso on the first lap. Um, and then he reported a dodgy gear change around about lap 14. And we didn't really hear anything else from him. So he might have had some gremlins in the car. You don't know. But I mean, finished... on such an iconic overtaking track like Monaco, I'm surprised he didn't make up any positions. Oh, no, but you know what I mean through... I didn't through think the bad he, luck of other drivers on the exactly. grid. Exactly. I didn't think he would overtake too many. I thought he might overtake one, possibly two, in the first three corners of Monaco. But then I thought maybe someone would crash out, and I thought that might put him up. <laughs> so that was my, like... Yeah, that was my reasoning. But he then finished in 14th. So he finished where he started, really. Which is good, but it's yeah. not... So, moving on, it's that time of the week. Ooh! Is it that time? Is it it's that very that time special time of the week? Chris's quiz! <laughs> quiz! Right. I, uh, I've got three questions. Okay. Um, and all of them, I think, are actually to do with Monaco. Oh. So, they're not... They're not what to do with the Monaco. race, to do with the track. They're not random ones. There's nothing to do with, like, who's got the youngest sibling or like you know who's got the cutest dog that it's actually it's more which would be lewis hamilton if yeah that was the question. so question one okay verstappen won this race in monaco but when was the last time he won in monaco jess yes never point to jess yeah <laughs> thought i'd try and throw in a little trick one there for you all okay second question Lewis Hamilton had the fastest lap at 1 minute 12 seconds point 0.9. But who had the second fastest lap? Charlie. Jess. I think it was Charlie. Was it Sergio Perez? Jess. 
I think it's Tsunoda with one minute 14 or something like that. Oh my God, Jess, you've got it and you got the bonus point. I was going to ask you what <laughs> It was my boy Yuki Sanuda managed to get the second fastest. Right, the, the last last questions were three points, so I stand the chance. No, it's not again. Okay. I, I can make it points. three points. Two okay. points. I'll let you know when I've ended the question. Okay. When was the first Monaco GP? And you get a point for the date, the month, and the year. Charlie. Go on, Charlie. Was it the? Hmm. I'm just going to take a stab here. The 15th of May, 1935. I'm going to write that down so I remember. Okay. You've gone for May 15th. 1935. I'm thinking pre-war, just. Jess? I'm going to go for the year. I'm going to go for 1950. Okay. Quite old. It's quite an old one. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm going to say May the May the seventeenth. It's the same month each year, isn't it? It's always May. Yeah, that's what I was. That's so, what I was yeah. I'll tell you drum, now. Drum roll. It was April fourteenth, oh. nineteen twenty nine. So Charlie was closest. Oh. And Charlie, you were one month off and one day off. Oh, that's so, so annoying. On each time, I mean, yeah, you're about six years off, but the days and the months. I, if I was hoping you were going to say 1930, so you'd have been one off everything. <laughs> yeah. Well so I'll give one Charlie. point to Charlie for being closer. Yay! Oh. <laughs> constellation, bride. No, not constellation. <laughs> constellation. <laughs> Ignore me. You get a lovely participation prize, Charlie, and Jess wins this one. I think Jess, it's like four two yes, now. Yeah. yeah. My the the issue I've got is my brain and mouth don't. They're not quick enough. Yeah. I hear the question. I think, oh, shit, I know the answer. And by the time that's gone, the answer's already been said and the point's been given. I'm just very yeah. quick with my knowledge, you know? But then also, I'm not very good at the old stuff either. You're better at that than me. <laughs> I was so happy when you could when I saw, um, when they were doing, like, the highlights of it all and stuff, and it was like, they're like, oh, Hamilton's got the fastest lap. And if it wasn't for him, Yuki Tsunoda. I was like, my boy! <laughs> <laughs> oh, so I think it was the first time he'd driven at Monaco, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. 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 they don't drive there at F2, F2 and you would have so you wouldn't have driven there last year. Def, and then in F3, do they drive? They don't there? drive there in F3, no. Well, he has, yeah, he did pretty, he did all right then. He finished. Yeah. So I think it's crazy that he was able to get the second fast, and like he held the fastest lap, I think, till like the last ten laps, maybe. So the reason for that, Chris, I'm gonna get all all analytical on you now it's because Yuki Tsunoda did not change his tyres until lap 67 so mm. he had really really fresh tyres and because he was I don't know what place he was was he what 17th something like that yeah 17th 16th 17th he was 16th and because he was 16th and actually he probably didn't have that many people around him so he was probably able to put in a really quick lap because mm. of the fact he didn't have traffic he wasn't really stuck behind anyone because he just pitted and the people that were behind him were Mazepin and Schumacher. Um, so he had lots of space to produce that lap and was on fresh tyres. Mm. But hats off to him, not a bad shout. Mm. Should be very proud. Yuki, if you're out there listening. We're really proud of you. 
Now, here's the time that I would speak about the highlights, but I think we've done most of them, if not all of them, um, considering there was about three of them over the course of the entire weekend. Um, <laughs> there was Bottas in the pits, Vettel coming out of the pits, and Leclerc crashing on the Saturday. Yeah, you've covered everything there. Yeah, we've Anything done it, haven't we? At right. all, whatsoever? No, there was there wasn't any crashes or anything. Um, I've got a highlight. Okay. My favourite highlight of Monaco every year is how how awkward it is on the podium with Prince, whatever his name is. Why was Serena Williams there? Oh Didn't yeah, have why an awkward was, conversation why was with that. Like, she aren't allowed to travel to Monaco at the moment or France. Why is she there? I saw I saw her pictures there. Like, so are we going to have Max Verstappen speaking at the end of the at the end of Wimbledon when Serena Williams wins that? <laughs> Like it, it, I, I think what she was waving, she was doing the final flag, wasn't oh, she? Oh, she was doing it awfully, weren't I she? Don't, I don't know if she like. I, I just felt really bad for everybody involved in that because it seemed like such an unrehearsed moment. It was there, like, you know, just get her in to, to give Max some words of advice, and she was there like, I'm not gonna. I can't drive. <laughs> I just... Tell you what it was like. It echoed another classic David Coulthard moment where he was like, and there's Christina Aguilera pretending to be interested in Formula One. <laughs> <laughs> but I saw there was um, er- Erling Haaland as well. The Dortmund striker was just hanging around as well. We were there like, what is happening here? Tom Holland, he turned up, didn't Tom he? Off. You see, they um, they played the Spider-Man oh, theme man. as he walked past the McLaren garage. Yeah. In all fairness, that kind of is what Monaco's about, isn't it? There is constantly celebrities like Kris Jenner and all of those, like the Kardashians go every year pretty much, who have Mm. nothing to do with Formula One, but really hope they can bag themselves a millionaire driver. (laughs) Great success. Lando's eligible. Lando is eligible. So quite a few really, aren't they? Maybe it is a good idea. (laughs) I don't feel like that's why Serena Williams was there, though. (laughs) No, I don't think so either. No. So, I, think, I think she probably shares a publicist with like one of them and <laughs> was like, go to this. So the next race is not this weekend. Next weekend. Next weekend in the, em- not the Emerald Isle, that's Ireland, um, in Azerbaijan. Azerbaijan. Yes. Baku. The place where my dad, fam- my dad famously said, it looks really nice here. We should go on holiday, which is the man who hasn't been anywhere on holiday except Chester and York for the last few years. Um, it's a bit of a jump to Azerbaijan, but it, it does look lovely there. Uh, I've seen it in the Top Gear specials. Yeah. And <laughs> it's all right. It's, a, it's, another, it's another street track, which is yeah. cool, which we always enjoy. A little bit more open, a lot more opportunities to pass. I think, exactly. I think it's a pretty nice track. It's been entertaining over the years. Um, that's all you can really ask. I still maintain that if whatever sadistic person made this calendar and decided to go Spain, Monaco, Baku, France, should really evaluate their life a little bit more. I know, Uh, it is a bit silly. But there's a solid chunk after this where we go Austria twice and then it ends up in like Monza again, which is such, it's like seven weeks worth of I've got a question for you then about Baku. You've got a really pointed at the camera then. Look at that. I did. (laughs) Who has the lap record in Azerbaijan? Oh, this is... uh, 
Sorry, is this Jesse's quiz? What's going just, on here? Yeah. There's some copyright well. infringements going on here. Chris, get your get your legal team on the line. Yeah. Remember who edits Azerbaijan. this, Jess? Azerbaijan. Azerbaijan. Um, Do you know Chris? Could you guess? Is it Danny Ricardo in the Red Bull or something like that? It is not. No. Do you know Chris? Uh, Fernando Alonso. He wasn't in it. He hasn't no. been in it for the last two years, so no. Was it? Was it the last title, so 2019, was it? Was it was 2019. Who do you think got it in 2019? I can tell you the time if you want. <laughs> I don't One know if that'll help. Three seconds. One minute, 15 seconds. I'm going to go with... Es- no, Esteban Ocon, he wasn't there. Or was he? Was it Esteban Ocon? I was there, I don't know. No, it's not Esteban Ocon. Okay. <laughs> what do you think, Chris? Give us your answer. Bottas. Should I give you a hint and say it's a driver yeah. whose name you cannot pronounce, Chris? Leclerc. It was Leclerc. It's Charles Leclerc, 2019. I didn't have a chance to open up the intro script. Leclerc. <laughs> <laughs> but I was looking at it because don't you think I'll try and get the pitch so you can just? I just think it's a really interesting shaped circuit. It looks like a. Yeah. Stri- yeah. I'm, looks... I'm looking forward to it. I enjoy it. It's six kilometres long, which is a long one. It's only 51 laps, and it was first a Grand Prix in 2016. Oh. So, driver predictions for it. What are we going with? Um, uh, you go first. <laughs> Verstappen, Hamilton, Bottas. Right, we're moving on. I'm going to go for Hamilton, Verstappen, Bottas. Bottas. <laughs> Lando Norris, uh, Hamilton, and then I'm going to back my boy Yuki Sanuda. The logic is if we keep backing him, eventually yeah. he'll get there. And we'll we then should... be able to say that we supported you from very early yeah. on. We can sponsor, get the that F1 podcast sponsored on Yuki's helmet. Very likely. Mm. Yeah, it can happen. <laughs> Yuki, we know you're listening. We love you. No, you're out there, Yuki. That's a bit more sinister than I meant. <laughs> we you're out there. Well, we know where he will be. Um, in two weeks' time, he'll yeah. be in Azerbaijan. I, I don't know if Charlie will know where he is in between that. Um, <laughs> he might do, by the sound of it. He very much might do. <laughs> I'll tell you, I'll be in Azerbaijan as well. <laughs> and on that slightly... clarify, we're not actually going to be in Azerbaijan. <laughs> and on that slightly weird note, I believe... We've covered everything. We're done. Well, see you next. See you in two weeks. See you in two weeks' time. It's been a pleasure. Bye. Bye.